All right, welcome to another episode of Talk to Tatiana, and today I want to talk to you about happiness. Weird topic, right, for an accountant to talk about? Um, well, it's kind of important, you know? I never really valued um, therapy, but since I've been learning Gestalt therapy for the last nine months, and I'm finishing up step one in a few weeks, actually, next week, um, finishing up step one, going on to step two, I really developed um, appreciation and respect for, for therapy. And certainly it's good for certain things. It's good to become happier. And I myself have been, have become happier for sure. I can attest to the fact that I've become happier as a person, as a human being, as a mom, as a wife. And, and so I believe that it's super important to be happy. But here's another thing. If you serve clients in some way, whether it's as a business owner, as an accountant, as a bookkeeper, as an engineer, as a working for somebody else employee, you want to focus on working with happy clients. Now, it's not always possible. You don't always choose clients, but I want to argue with that. I think that you do choose clients um, in one way or the other. And um, why you should only work with happy clients, because I will give you a couple of examples of my former clients who I knew that I shouldn't be taking them on because they're just not happy people. I took them on anyway because of the money, but then regretted it, meaning that the relationship still we parted ways, but um, I felt anxious for months with some of them. And I'll tell you a little bit about that. Happy people usually don't look for someone else to blame. Happy people are generally happy and they want to grow and they are positive, not fake positive, but they're truly positive in a way that whatever is thrown at them, they figure it out. They figure it out without losing their mind and without um, going crazy or doing anything else. And so because of that, I, I really think that it's worth it to figure out what type of clients you want to work with and also detect when a client is not a happy person. Now, I'm not saying I was always happy in my life. Um, I think that I've just, get, you know, getting close to um, 39 years of age, which is, you know, my birthday is tomorrow. Um, you know, if you're around on Instagram, wish me happy birthday. I don't announce it publicly, but if you're listening to this podcast, you're kind of an insider at this point. And so, uh, I can tell you, I can share a little secret. And so generally we, you know, uh, we, before um, my birthdays, I reflect back and, you know, I, just by about 38, 39 years of age, I became really, truly happy. Um, and I'm learning every day, you know, I'm learning psychology and psychology, learning psychology helps is helping me to be happy as well, because I understand, start to understand my feelings. I grew up without that feelings um, I guess, um, not closet, but more like a, a briefcase, right? A briefcase of emotions that, of being able to dissect them and understand them and, and, um, really control them, not control as in, a, uh, oppress, but control as in, um, uh, work with them and understand what's really going on and why it's happening and how to not let it destroy me. So I really love, um, love that. I really love the fact that I've, I've gotten to the point where I feel happy inside and I feel that I still have a lot to learn and, but I'm strong enough to, um, 
to keep learning and helping myself, which is awesome because, you know, I've always believed in being able to help yourself because of that. I've been, I've always admired and been curious about Buddhism as a religion, as a way of life, you know, never wanted to be a Buddhist, but, um, but I think that there's a lot to it. You know, many religions are about relying on somebody else, on God to save us, to help us. And, and that's, and that's fine. That's, you know, trusting God uh, to help us. And that's perfectly fine. I, like I said, I've just always admired Buddhism for the approach of help yourself, meditate, help yourself. And I've kind of practiced that approach of helping myself as much as I could throughout my life. And um, I think that learning, um, learning about emotions, learning about how to deal with them, how to help kids deal with them um, has been an important part of my life for sure. So I wanted to share that with you because it's been an important part of my journey. And um, I do believe that, you know, you can also work with happy clients. And so let me give you a couple of examples of my clients, ex-clients um, that I've worked with where um, there were red flags up front, but I didn't want to listen and I didn't see it and it didn't work out. So this one client came through a profit first lead. So a couple of years ago, I was a part of the profit first professionals. You know, we really enjoyed it, but just didn't practice it enough, meaning didn't have enough clients who are profit first to justify a high cost. But um, this client came, and here's what I've noticed with the with profit first system. People who are struggling financially love that approach and want to do it. The problem is that even with help, they sometimes are not able to really do it. Um they don't understand the changes that they have to make internally and also in their businesses to be able to pull that off. And so I really have been um, wondering about, you know, how to, how to go about pro practicing profit first. And that's also part of the reason why I left the organization, even though like, I think the concept and the, uh, the approach is really, really uh, phenomenal and powerful. So, um, most people who get really excited about it and who really turn around um, make changes like this. I came into Profit First, and I know I've talked about this before, but I'll repeat just in case you haven't listened to like one of the earlier podcasts. You know, we have a lot of episodes, and so so uh, you may have not listened to all of them. But uh, my client, um, this was 2014, 2015. My client. Um, was struggling. Uh, one year he had a bad collection and in that same year he decided to renovate uh, earlier, uh, renovate um, his store, his physical location, spent a lot of money and then the collection didn't perform as expected. And so he um, found himself in the borrowing mode. Um, <clears throat> so basically, um, he was in borrowing mode every August and September um, and his debt quickly escalated to like half a million, close to a million bucks, right? Um, probably in between those two. Um, and so that he just didn't see a way out. It was a rat race, you know, for a while. And so he decided that he needs to change something. So he read this book, Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Love Mike. He endorsed my book. Um, and he texted me and he said, Tatiana, we're doing this. Uh, I'm opening two accounts. He just opened two, um, two accounts, tax and profit, and we're, we're going to do it. Okay. Um, 
so basically he um we, we started doing daily disbursements. We started, because he was paid daily, it's a retail business, we started shifting money away daily. Three years later, his debt was almost zero. So very powerful. But here's what he did. It wasn't magic. It wasn't just the magic of shifting money into the accounts. It was the magic of him saying, okay, what are my expenses? How much profit should I have? Um, I mean, he was on salary and the salaries have never skipped because you know some, some business owners sometimes skip their own salary but the problem is that this person, this client couldn't afford that. They had a mortgage to pay. And so there was a lot of different things. And so he didn't skip any salary or anything like that. And so he actually um, decided to, you know, to, to proceed with, with that. So, so he um, essentially started, we started doing it. I was doing it for him every day. He was like, I don't even want to see it. I don't want to feel it. I don't want to know that it's going out. Just do it. So we were shifting money away for tax and profit. And so we were able to, you know, to reduce the debt significantly and really turn the business around. Then I read the book, then I joined the Profit First Professionals because I saw live how it was happening. But what I found was that when people would reach out to me, um, and my my fee for the introductory Profit First session only was, was fairly low. It was a little higher than some of the, you know, old school Profit First folks, but it was on average in terms of the general profit first professional population. And so, um, I really, it was no, not everybody was signing up and I was telling them, you can't just, you know, people were coming to me and they were like, I'm doing this. I'm ready. I will make it happen. I will profit first rocks and everything. And then they would shift money away. And then three months later, cash crunch would come. They would need to, they would want to go on a trade show and, uh, because it's really important for them because they have to be present there and blah, 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 whatever whatever excuse, and they would borrow from those accounts. So there really was no point of doing that. And there was nothing I could do to stop them. It's their money after all, right? So they would be in this cash crunch all the time, like consistently, constantly in the cash crunch. Money coming in, already spent on something else. So um, that's kind of what, what happened with this one client who came through the Profit First lead. She was that way. She was like, I'm doing it. We're doing it. It's going to be great. We're going to do it. Started shifting money away. And I was helping her with other, all the different things. And I, I found that it was really hard for me to work with women as clients, um, type A women. Um, and I've now found why, because most of them, most of the ones that I've come across, I don't want to generalize, were not happy people. And so, um, but I wanted, because the money was good, I want, I was excited about growing my business. So I got her onboarded and, you know, we worked together for probably two years. I really helped her grow a lot as a business owner, as a CEO, but in the end it was a bad breakup because for like, we would have two, two calls a week because when the, when we've, um, when she has let go of some of her employees and here's another red flag, when your client is replacing her team members often that's a red flag right that's a bad sign so she was doing that she was she was replacing and i was like i understand it's good that my my turn is going to come because if if you're not happy internally if internally you're not happy then you will find you will point fingers and everybody else is going to be to blame it's you should be tra- taking responsibility for your life and for your business but you're not but it's not my job to, to really be a shrink to these people, right? It's not my job to do that. I, I do a lot of the shrinky stuff, uh, quote unquote. It's not really, you know, psychology, but 
I do talk to them as a coach to clients a lot. And so, um, this client specifically was a problem. She was borrowing, she was spending $40,000, $50,000 on a trade show and was saying they were getting really good leads and et cetera, et cetera, but never really incorporated the advice that I provided and had profit first system set up, but never really made the exact changes. Um, she shouldn't have been spending on profit for on uh, marketing. She shouldn't have been sp- like that. Like she was spending, you know, tremendous amounts of money. She was borrowing and spending borrowed money as well on marketing. So it was a bad breakup with her. And um, I realized, you know, when we were, when we increased the package right before we, for a few months before we split up, um, parted ways, I guess is the right word. Um, actually, she, um, I would, we would have two calls a week and I would get anxiety, tremendous anxiety right before calls because, because of the, of the way that she was. And, you know, it's really hard to uh, destabilize me um, as in general. I'm, you know, I've been in business for, for 17 years. I've been my own boss and I know my way around business and clients and coaching and stuff like that. But, but I really was super anxious and that wasn't pretty. And, um, I just, we just decided, I mean, we decided to part ways. I wrote her an honest email. I said, you know, it's really hard for me to work with you and et cetera. And, you know, she found somebody else, which is, which was awesome. And so, you know what I said, that's perfectly fine. It wasn't a bad, like an ugly divorce type breakup. It was actually more civil, but, um, you know, it's interesting is I found that people who, um, I haven't really had people leave me. Like this was usually, um, as, as an accountant, this was usually, I would usually not want them as clients. And so this was one of the, one of those situations I've had two more like that. Um, I actually, you know, felt happy. I felt relief. I felt like weight has been lifted off my shoulders, which is, which is a good, which is a sign that I shouldn't have worked with her in the first place. I've made the same mistakes a few more times. Um, two more with women as well, type A women who are not happy in life and one with, uh, with, um, um, guys. Um, and so, um, but it was a different setup as well. Not happy, not a good manager, really bad CEO, uh, hiding information from his partner and things like that. So bad breakups happen. Um, and it's, and it's fine, but you know what, uh, next time, like when I interview a client, when, when I spend some time with a client, I have a system of, of what I do with, uh, with a prospective client. When I do that, when I spend time with them, um, I, I want to see whether their personality matches mine, whether I can work with this person and they would listen to me because most of my clients listen to my advice because, uh, I don't, I don't want them to fail. I take it personally. I don't want them to be successful, but unfortunately those who don't listen, they then will turn around and blame you for their, for their mistakes. You know, that's, uh, that's a typical unhappy scenario. So the reason I'm sharing this with you is I encourage you to work with only happy clients and you can tell they're pumped. They're excited. They're, their working style is different. They're honest, they're ethical. Um, and they want to work with a professional. And if you're a professional delivering a service, whatever that is, um, it's your job to rise to that occasion, so to speak. So that's why you have to work with happy clients. I hope that made sense. I'll give you another story. This one other client I knew exactly when I met her for the first time, again, a woman, um, 
and I've already talked to my, uh, my therapist about working with women and, and why I, why I have a problem. And it's not a problem with women. It's a problem with unhappy women, with unhappy and controlling women. Let's put it this way, who don't take charge and responsibility for their own life and decisions and their, um, happiness. Um, and so this one woman, just by the way she was speaking, I knew that it would be a problem. And sure enough, a year later, it became a problem. And you know what? I wasn't even upset that, that we parted ways. It was a big retainer, but I was happy. Again, weight has been lifted off my shoulders. So if you feel anxious about a client call, if you feel anxious about, about any of that, that's not the client for you. And if you work for somebody else, bring it up to your manager, bring it up to your director, because more and more companies now care more about employees, which is how it should be than their customers, because uh, employees are the people who drive the business. And so if, if your customers are abusive verbally or psychologically to your employees, it's a problem. Um, and I would certainly never allow that to happen in my firm. Um, and the client would be fired on the spot. So, um, this is generally why you want happy people. And there's a lot of happy people out there. Sometimes you help people become happy, but if they're internally unhappy and don't know how to deal with that, don't know how to approach issues and problems and, and concerns and start blaming everybody else, they will eventually blame you. And they will, you will eventually be um, the, call, uh, the um, I guess, scapegoat, I guess, is the right question, is the right uh, word. So, my friend, I encourage you to work with happy people. I will, you will hear me talk about happiness a lot more as I'm studying psychology and gestalt and reading coaching and um, other really great books. I'm reading probably like seven at the same time. You will hear me talk about happiness a lot because I believe that happy people make the world a better place. Happy people are the ones who drive world peace. And so, but it's all starts internally. It all starts inside of you. It doesn't come from outside. It, it starts with one decision. It starts with the decision to be happy. And so I encourage you to be happy, to become happy if you're not yet happy, to find ways to be happy and find happiness in, in all areas of your life. Because when you're happy, you attract happiness as well. I believe in that. Okay, my friend. And next week, we'll talk to Rick Ornelas. Hopefully, everything will be fine and he won't cancel. He had an emergency that he had to attend to a couple of weeks ago, so we had to reschedule. But I'm actually excited to interview him. He's a very, very cool coach. And you might learn a couple of things from him. So I'll see you next week. And this is Tatiana. And I'll talk to you soon.